This hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Farr. I'm just getting down to this funky theme song. (laughs) Let's do this. Thanks for listening. If this is your first time listening, I do appreciate it. Check out previous episodes, subscribe to the podcast, leave reviews, follow me on Twitter at There It Is Pod and at Jason Farr Jokes. Today, I have the wonderful and effervescent comedian and actress, Sarah Rose Highland. Now, that's her full name. Uh, Formerly, she was known as Sarah Highland, who garnered online fame with her characters LaSara and Kentucky Lightning. She's a lot of fun. Now, we did this episode, we did this interview, when she was still going by Sarah Highland. Uh, She has since changed her name to avoid confusing with the lovely actress Sarah Highland from Modern Family. Uh, So she now goes by Sarah Highlander because Doug Stanhope told her that's the name she should go by. And when Doug Stanhope tells you to do something, you should probably do it. It's a very fun interview and it's coming up in a bit. I also want to give a little shout out to the Second Best Comedy Fest, which was held in Richmond, Virginia. I just got back from there two days ago after representing Alchemy Comedy with my cohorts. Thank you to the Coalition Theater for having us. We had a blast in your city and comedy community. I wanted to talk about something serious for a second. I just mentioned community. We all are in our own community. Community is something people need. Listen, even loners had a community somewhere. The people whose lives were taken last week at the Pulse in Orlando We're in a community. Communities are our safe havens. It's how we can feel free to be who we are and to fellowship with others who are like us. Unfortunately, there is a lot of evil in the world. Some people don't like the word evil for some reason, but if what that shooter did in Orlando is not evil, then I don't know what is. We live in a really messed up world and... I, for one, try to make it a priority to bring some happiness into the world. I'm not saying I'm the funniest guy or the nicest guy or the best guy. I'm just saying I try to bring a little happiness. I'm saying that we have to collectively make the conscious decision to be good to each other. That's why I say that at the end of every episode. I say be good to each other. I picked that up from former Death Cab for Cutie guitarist Chris Walla. He is a super nice guy with a big heart. And at the end of shows, he often would say, be good to each other. And I love that. His music brings joy, a lot of joy to my life. And to me, that's him being good to others. Putting out something he worked hard on for people's enjoyment. That's being good to others. But also a way you can be good is to just be a good person and being kind and being loving. I started saying, be good to each other at the end of shows, and I I decided to start saying that at the end of this podcast, too. Because, guys, 
We have to be good to each other. We're all here in the flesh on this planet. Now, you can blame someone else's God or blame the universe or blame voodoo for all the bad things in the world. But the truth is, people are the ones doing these awful things to others. We're the ones being bad to each other. And we have to stop. We have to learn to show basic common decency to one another. We have to be kinder to each other, especially online or when addressing others about any and everything. We are the ones who create the atmosphere that generates all the hatefulness that happens in our world and in our communities. Cynicism and nastiness, they haven't worked. It clearly only hurts. We have to find another way. Be good to each other. Do you toss and turn at night because you want more of the There It Is podcast? Are you growing despondent between episodes? Do you often wonder where it is? I'm Jason Farr, and you may have Theritis. There is no cure for Theritis, but you can join a support group. The Theritis Foundation. Support the There It Is podcast to keep your Theritis at bay, as in B-A-E. Go to thereitispod.com and click the support button. You can support one time only or become a monthly supporter. Supporting the Theritis Foundation allows for us to keep getting the word out about Theritis through the blog on thereitispod.com and the podcast. You don't catch Theritis. Theritis catches you. But it's okay. And I should know. I, too, have Theritis. Uh, thanks again for being here. Of course. When is it? So I first came to know and love you because of your uh, videos, La Sera. Uh-huh. Cran Grape, Drink of Champions, we all know, is is <laughs> one of your many catchphrases. Um, but uh, before we get to your characters uh, that I, you know, that people are seeing and falling in love with, how did you get into comedy? Oh, my God. All right. Well, I got into Well, I, it kind of happened, like, way, when I was super young. Like, when I was really young, I would, um, when I would get home from school, <laughs> because nobody, I have two older brothers, and my, nobody was ever home when I got home from school, right? So, like, I would go into my parents' closet, and I would take my mom's clothes and my dad's clothes, take my mom's makeup. And I would take a radio in the, in the bathroom for some reason. I have no idea why. But I would go and make a character out of their clothing, whether it was like, it could have been clothing from like the 1970s or something, but I would make different characters so that when they came home, I would present myself as somebody completely different and to try to make them laugh. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so you were, were born with that gift. It was, or boredom. I'm not sure what it was. It was either that. <laughs> my other alternative was eating uh, nachos with the um, cheese from the plastic wrap. And, you know, when you tear it up and then put over the nachos, that's what I would do. And watch Sally Jesse Raphael. Like, for, like that's what I would do. Like, it was either that or go dress up. <laughs> Sometimes it was both, but. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. I mean, people, uh. 
struggle with like improv and just being handed something or like come up with a character like they go to second city to for years to learn how to do something you were doing so naturally as a kid um which i think speaks to your natural ability to be funny when did you first realize you want to you wanted to go into comedy oh like super young like i remember well probably it was third grade we had to bring in we had to come up with a career that we wanted to do when we were older and i never mm-hmm. really had much ambition and so <laughs> i was like huh i gotta borrow something real quick because like all the other kids in my class were like i want to be a doctor i want to be an astronaut i was like oh i do i just want to live till i'm like six and then i'm out like i had no so i borrowed something from my mom because my mom was a lab tech she worked in hospitals and so I was like, what's a doctor that works in your hospital? And and she's like, well, what kind of doctor would you want to be? And I was like, one that works with babies, right? Because I didn't know. So she gave me this career, a neonatologist, and I told everybody in my class that's what I wanted to be. And I really didn't even know what it was to back it up. And it was like, and so then I just started making up these stories about what a neonatologist was. So <laughs> from that come from that led to like, oh, I like telling, I didn't say this in class, but I told my mom like from the earliest of age, like around that time that I was like, I want to do comedy. Like I want to make up stories. Like I just knew that's, well, I don't know, man. Like I've never, I never saw a comic, but I will say this. The first comic that I ever saw, by the way, I do talk a lot, so you can slow my roll at any time. <laughs> You're totally good. The comic that I saw was in it was in preschool, um, and it was a clown. And so I remember oh. watching this clown, right? And I was never a school person, but I remember watching this clown, and I was like, that is dope. Like, we would be standing in line to get our little hamburger helper trays in preschool, and I would watch him. I was never in his his class or whatever, but I would watch him, and he would do, like, the colored scarves and whatever. And I was just like, oh, that's amazing, like, and he was making people happy and make people laugh and, like, you know, little preschoolers who were crying, like, they would stop crying, and I was like, that's what I want to do. That's right. That's what I want to do right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you beat me. I always say uh, kindergarten when I was in fifth grade and saw Ghostbusters and said, I want to be Bill Murray, you know, like, I just wanted to do what Bill Murray was doing, uh, but you beat me. You were in preschool. Preschool versus first grade, whatever. Like, <laughs> but, but there's all kinds of different things. I just always I have recollections of all the memories of making people like laugh or making them feel better. They were all good. I was just like, oh, that's way more fun. Like, I remember this is the last story I tell. But my friend Carmen Woodson that I grew up with, like, we were making these. Do you did you ever have young authors at your school? I don't recall. Well, we had this thing called Young Authors where we had, and we had to make our own book binding, binders, binding, and, um, and her, her book cover had bubble, you had to take like water and glue and like make a cover, and her cover had these big air bubbles in it, and she was crying one day because her, her book was the only thing that had air bubbles in it, and everybody else was like smooth. I, I don't know why I'm telling this story. So anyway, so I went over and I was like, you know, oh, Carmen, yours is the only book that's like interactive. And we started like, make, we made a game out of chasing these bubbles. Like, 
And so she started laughing, and it was like the, you know what I mean? Like you remember those yeah. times of like, oh, this chick was crying, now she's laughing, that was dope. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when you make, um, yeah, I remember one of my fondest memories as a kid is making my aunt laugh. Just her big laughs when um, I was, you know, three or four years old. Yeah, about to turn four years old. Um, yeah. It's an old home video of her laughing. And I, th- I think as a kid, um, I always wanted to make her laugh because she had a great laugh. So um, huge inspiration to me. So I totally follow you on that. Um, so you're, when you were in school, like in grade school, did you get into plays? Did you branch out and, and do any comedy or anything performance-wise on stage? Yeah. I um, Always by accident, though. Um <laughs> Like, in grade school, like, I, I never wanted to, like, do plays, but I, in grade school, well, actually, the very first time I did anything was when I was chosen to be, I went to Catholic school for 12 years of my life, yeah, and I remember my uh, teachers came up to me and they said, we want you to be the archangel during the Christmas play. <laughs> and I think, That's such an interesting thing to ask someone to do, right? So weird, right? I was just like really tall and super white and super blonde and so it worked out for them I don't know I have no uh, idea and the light just hit it just right I don't I have no clue so that was my first acting gig was the archangel the or the archangel I can't say it <laughs> the art I don't know you know what I'm talking about the art the archangels I think so I'm gonna go with that 12 years of Catholic school and that's where I left <laughs> and I stood over the manger and the whole thing. So that was my first acting gig. I think I was probably seven. And then, yeah, I did, like, plays in grade school. And I wanted to, I did the play Oklahoma. I don't want to brag. And then I did one uh, where I played Jennifer and I had to have an English accent. And so I only did it just to see if I could get the accent. And then, like... Oh, did you get the accent? Probably not. <laughs> probably terrible. <laughs> I don't even remember. I got the part, but I think I got the part because they liked the, the dress that I was wearing. So I was good with it. And then, like, in high school, I didn't do, like, plays, but I always did the talent shows. You know what I mean? Like, I always did, like... Yeah. Yeah. I did, like, hosting of the talent shows, but I didn't do, like, plays. So when did your love for comedy uh, and uh, having been on stage and performed a little bit get you into performing comedy... Uh, specific, like trying to put yourself out there as a, as a comedian? Um, well, I, the scene was definitely planted in high school, like just doing those talent shows. And because I remember it was like during MTV and Eric Neese, I don't know if you remember him, but I did an impression of Eric Neese for my senior year talent talent show. And uh, and I hosted the whole show. And I remember when I met the PE teacher came up to me and she's like, have you ever thought about performing? Like, you know, I was like, no, not really, but that's kind of cool. And then uh, I went to to college at the Art Institute of Chicago, and um, and I was taking I was just doing like visual arts and taking performance and stuff like that. And then I met this girl named Daima, and Daima was like, "Have you ever heard of Second City? You should really try to do Second City. Like I've seen you do your performance and stuff like that, but you might want to look into that." I was like, "Okay, cool. Like I'll look it up." So I did, and I went over to Second City, and it's like. That, like, I just found my people, you know what I mean? And so I, so I went to art school for two years, and then I went on to Second City. 
Um, and that's when I was really like, college is when it really kind of started to happen for me of like, oh, like I really want to perform. I didn't know that it was comedy, but like I definitely wanted to perform. And when I went to Second City, it was more down the line of like, oh, this is, these are people that are doing what I want to do. Oh, that's cool. And so, so in Chicago, I went, I did like levels A through E in Second City. And during that time, so I had to go get a job and I went and got a job and I didn't realize this, but it was next to um, Zany's Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. And I got this job at a smoothie place called Fresh Start, I think, or Fresh and Easy. I don't remember if it wasn't Fresh and Easy. It was Fresh something. And it was a smoothie place right next to Zany's. And when I was making smoothies, all the comics would come in, like Doug Stanhope, Anthony Clark, Victoria Jackson, Louis, Louis Black, like all these comics would come in next door to get smoothies because they were hungover or whatever. And so I would just start talking to them, and they're like, you're really funny, you should do comedy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then, so I went and got a job at Zany's as being a hostess. Mm-hmm. And so I was a hostess at Zany's working the door. And it was from there, that's when I was, that is when I was exposed to stand-up and, like, stand-up comedy. And so that, like, that hooked me, like, watching shows every single night and literally getting to meet, like, these comics. Like, Victoria Jackson, I mean, come on. Like, it was, that was the first comic I ever met, really. And so, and so that's where it started. And then that's, meeting Doug Stanhope actually is how I made it to Los Angeles. I could go on. Yeah, there's so many stories of Doug Stanhope meeting a young comic and saying, you're good. And then that person ends up being like a big deal. <laughs> you know, like you're one of them. Uh, and uh, uh, Brendan Walsh is another who I've heard that kind of story for. It was like early on, he saw him like he's a very encouraging person, it sounds like. Um, yeah, he's awesome. He's great. So um, for people who are, how did you get into the doing characters and, and YouTube videos? How did I get into that? So when, okay, um, how did I get into that? So I was in L.A., and I think I had already done Punk, and my manager at the time called me, and she said, I want to submit your tape to SNL. I need it tomorrow. Come up with some characters. And I was like, what? Like, I never, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? So I was like, but of course, I'm like, okay. And so, um, so my friend Joe Bordelai, um, I called him and I was like, I have to come up with a character reel, like, by tomorrow to send it, to send to Abby for SNL. And so he's like, okay. And so we went out and I was at my friend Betty's house where all that stuff was filmed. And um, cause I was like house sitting for something, of course. And, um, and we felt like we just filmed all those characters, like all the characters that became quote unquote, I don't know, we can't say we're famous, but they came very popular on YouTube is because I really had to make like a five minute and all of them were done in one day. <laughs> it was crazy. Who was it that um, recorded that, that directed that? That was Joe Bodelai. And Joe Bodelai is no longer with us, but he, yes. he was actually, Joe came sure. from Canada and he he actually filmed Mike Myers when Mike Myers was yeah. experimenting with Wayne from Wayne's World. And I actually yeah. got to see that video. Like, So Joe Bola is the same guy who worked with comics up in Canada who filmed that. 
Yeah, I don't know. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to mention this. I don't know if you, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I um, said something on one of one of the videos a long time ago when he was still living about, oh, this video is so great. Sarah's so fantastic. And uh, he and I had a correspondence in an email, I think, where uh-huh. he said, yes, like he he directly uh, spoke to me. I, I can't remember if it was a comment or an or a message on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it was a message because the name is what, stu- what stood out. And he said, Sarah Hyland is very, very good. I worked with her. I also worked with with uh, Mike Myers and. She has the same uniqueness that he does. Like he he complimented you. Yeah, he he was saying that you're as special as as he is essentially. That's very sweet. He yeah he was that's very nice. He he was a really good guy. Mm-hmm. He definitely believed in me a lot, and he was very outspoken how much he believed in me. And he said, yeah, he was a very special person, and he super creative. Super, super smart. Very driven. Um, I miss him. I miss him a lot. He would definitely, because I'm definitely the kind of person who's like, I have an idea. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. Right, right. But I did do that. And he was always somebody that was, because sometimes it's, sometimes being creative with another person or with an ensemble, some, sometimes challenging, not all the time, but because, you know, getting everybody on the same page. But he was definitely like, if I would call him, he'd be like, okay, great. Like, and that was it. <laughs> and he would go with yeah. it like it was really cool we had a very special uh partnership i guess where like he would definitely have fun creating with me and i i trusted him with what he was gonna edit because he edited all those you know what i mean and then he would call me yeah. and, like, what yeah. do you think? and i was like that's amazing <laughs> so he taught me a lot he really did he's he's a really special guy i wish he got more notoriety yeah. than he did you know what i mean Oh yeah, I I wanted to make sure I mentioned that so you knew. I mean, I I'm sure he had said glowing things to you, but he wasn't just saying it to you. He was saying it to people yeah. that he'd never thought would mention it to you. So um, that was sincere from him. Uh, I so you were doing these amazing and fun characters like Lacera and Kentucky Lightning and uh, your mom. <laughs> and uh, very funny, uh, had a really good following from people. Yeah. Um, if somebody was familiar with your online videos but hadn't seen you do stand-up and then went to go see stand-up, what would they see? Tell our listeners, who who are they, what would they, what should they expect? Are they Should they expect Kentucky Lightning to show up? Um, my stand-up is definitely different. I do do characters, but usually I don't, I don't, I do their voices, but they, they're definitely transformed. Like, Kentucky Lightning is often my dad, because that's actually who Kentucky, where, where Kentucky Lightning came from, was my dad. Um, and. I didn't know that. That's funny. Oh, oh, absolutely. And so I do different characters intertwined with my personal life. Like, so, in my stand-up, I, I mean, I definitely talk fast. I think pretty fast. So it's a lot of improv but and there's a lot of physical stuff and there's a lot of act outs in my stand-up but it wouldn't be something that it was like oh and here's with sarah here's kentucky lightning 
here's Gail. Like, it wouldn't be like that. But they're definitely, those characters are intertwined throughout my stand-up. Um, because I've had to do that. Like, a lot of, unless there's a show that's, like, very specifically that I'm, like, hired on to do as my characters, then I would do it as my characters. But with stand-up, I make it hopefully more universal that people who haven't seen those videos can relate to the characters. Because that's what I love about my characters, my original characters, is that they're just, they actually are very huge parts of me that I feel people can relate to. You know what I mean? Right. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when I do stand-up, like, I, I definitely talk about more personal stuff that, as a character, you can't so much do. Um, but you will you will see characters for sure, but they won't be labeled as the characters as, like, if you know my online stuff. But you'll recognize them. You'll be like, oh, it's Kentucky Lane. <laughs> Um, and again, it would be so specific if I did like a YouTube show where it was like all my YouTube audience. Like, of course, like I would do those things. But, but yeah, just regular stand up. I try to make it relatable for as many people as I possibly can. Yeah, yeah good deal. So, um, you have done some TV work. You've uh, uh, been on Mad TV, and you were on Punked. A, a little yeah. bit. You did some work there. How did you get into that kind of work? Just being out in L.A.? Um, yeah, well, Mad TV came, or not Mad TV, but um, Punk. Punk came because my teacher, one of my teachers, Tom Booker, out here in Los Angeles, because I did, I did Second City out in L.A. too, um, mm-hmm. when I came out here. And they went to Second City. The casting directors went to Second City. was like, hey, do you guys have any students that you think... Um, that you'd like to put forward for for punk because it's all improv. Um, and so he put my name in. And from there, um, yeah, and from there I went into audition. I auditioned five times. I had five callbacks. And then on the final day, which was really cool, we, we just did a bunch of improv games over and over and over. Like we went, we rotated probably 20, 25 times in front of like Ashton Kutcher and his whole crew. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's, yeah, so that's how that happened, is just, yeah, simply because of a teacher that I had out here who was putting students that he thought would be a good fit for it, and that's how that happened. So how do you explain to people that you were never on Modern Family? <laughs> <laughs> like my own family who continues to ask me that. <laughs> like, I watched that whole thing. Are you a writer? Like, they cannot get it passed. They're like, somehow. They see the name Sarah Hyland involved with that, and it's like, no, that's the kid. It's not a writer. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. I watched the whole thing through, and I never saw you. Did I miss you? Like, literally. I'm like, come on. But, um, but yeah, I think the best thing that's come from that is that one time um, I got a whole shipment from Colgate teeth, teeth whitening. Um, mm-hmm. stuff because apparently she had tweeted something on Twitter about, how was it, Chris, uh, about this teeth whitening thing, and so they sent me a whole uh, basket of teeth whitener. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> because they thought it was her. I was like, whatever, it's a perk, I'll take it. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever run into her anywhere out in L.A.? No, but my friend... Mary Murphy, who, um, she works for TV, and she, she, I saw her one night, and she's like, oh my god, you know, I ran into Sarah Hyland from Modern Family, and I told her, I said, oh, I have a friend from Modern Family, or I have a friend named Sarah Hyland, and the Sarah Hyland from Modern Family is like, oh my god, I totally know her, and so, I think just from 
internet wars of us vying for each other's spot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think inevitably you have to know. Because there's other Sarah Highlands out there, by the way, which is hilarious. I thought about doing a show about all the Sarah Highlands who aren't Sarah Highland from Modern Family and how all of them oh, alter her name. Because <laughs> there's like a Sarah Lee Highland. There's like a. It's so crazy. It is. It's so nuts. But yeah. Uh, oh, and I do continue. This is a weird thing. I have a website where my face is like full on plastered on the front of it. And I. Yeah, it's. it's I've seen it. Yeah, right? I've started collecting all of the Sarah Highland fan mail from her. Like just yesterday, I got a, a prom invitation. From somebody because they love oh, their wow. family. Oh my god, I've started collecting them, and I, I was like, I "Did they actually say though that like, oh, I love you in Modern Family? We go to the prom with me, or absolutely?" Oh, I'm like, "Did you guys miss my picture? Like, did you miss the picture? We don't look anything." <laughs> they just thought they just thought she did her hair and changed her eye color because <laughs> it really is and the picture on your homepage is just entirely your face yeah just my face you can see your your bright blue eyes so you know i don't know that's funny so yeah so i've thought about so i have i have collected them i've been collecting them for years i've received handwritten letters you have no, oh my god and so i'm going to i want to make a video of just like of reading these fan not reading because that's kind of boring but like of doing something with them i think it's hilarious i love it i'm gonna send her fan letters that's what we should do uh we'll send her fan letters but we're talking about you about my YouTube stuff. <laughs> it's so funny. So, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, I think the first time that ever happened, I received a, a handwritten letter that they wrote to my managers, and they it was in pencil, and it's obviously from a young child. Or it was, well, it was in pencil, and it was really mm -hmm. big, and they were talking about how they loved her in Little Orphan Annie. So I was reading it as if it were me. Wow. I was like, oh, that's cool. I got Sam now. That's really neat. <laughs> and then I was like, I was not in Little Orphan Annie. I was not in the show. <laughs> That's uh, that's their that's that girl's parents' fault, cause that that kid did not, that little kid did not go online and find your address. <laughs> their parents said, "We'll find it, honey." All their fault. So yeah, so that so there you go. Hopefully one day I'd love to meet her. She seems like a very yeah. sweet person. Yeah. Maybe she and you can do uh, a YouTube video together. That would be amazing. It could be the two of you just chatting about how you have the same name. And then the two of you doing with Sarah, and then the two of you doing Kentucky Lightning. That'd be great. It'd be two of each. That's what we should do. <laughs> See who does it better, and then whoever does it better gets to keep the name, and the other one's got to change it completely. <laughs> okay, if, if she does Kentucky Lightning better, then she has to start doing Kentucky Lightning, and then you'll start getting her acting roles. And then I'll go on Modern Family. Sounds like a awesome. full swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> real life Freaky Friday. <laughs> well, so what would you say is your, uh, as a comedian, is your primary product? Is it creating characters and doing videos of them, or would it be stand up? Hmm. Um, that is, I will say, God, those are so different. Um, I don't know if it's either. I actually love um, probably the most doing, like, comedic acting. Like, I really like that. I really like taking other people's scripts and creating something completely my own and uh, bringing that to their 
creativity. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but like, oh no, it makes complete sense. Yeah, like that's probably my favorite of everything. Above stand up, above creating characters. I mean, I always love creating characters because it's just like it's almost for me. I'm not gonna lie because those it gives me an outlet of things that I go that happen in my everyday life and people that I come across and sometimes it's painful stuff sometimes it's just hilarious sometimes sorry if I just sort of cussed on your show um yeah but that's more like I've gone through really hard things in my life and I've made them really funny for myself so like that like I I always love doing that like there is nothing that I don't love about making characters ever and then stand-up is just completely different because that's just a blast. <laughs> like, because every yeah. audience is different. And it's always, like, for me, I always get nervous. I'm always scared every time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's so difficult for me. It's such, like, because, and, and I like that part about it. I, it's more of, like, a challenge of, like, I have forced myself to do this every single time. And every single time I feel amazing afterwards but it's not as easy for me to like make character videos it's harder for me so i like them for very different reasons but if i could do anything forever and ever and ever like it'd probably be like a sketch show like mad tv or you know snl where you take people's scripts and transform them into however from your perspective i love that like that's that's kind of if i could do something forever and ever that would be it yeah that's great So I'm fascinated with character development and how you can take, uh, as a, you know, as a kid, like a couple of clothing items from your parents and come up with a character. So, and since you like creating that, maybe we can end the podcast with trying to break down how we, uh, would create a character if we were going to create a character. Mm. Now it's a little harder since we don't have, uh, any items with us. But, um, so I don't know if we need to, let's see, what if, what about a jean jacket? Let's, let's just clothe this character. You're going to name an item and then we have to come up with a character? Or it's like name a few items that maybe they could, <laughs> the character could wear and be like, okay, <laughs> here's, here's who that character is. So we're starting with a jean jacket. Okay. Um, what else could the character wear? Uh, Birkenstock. Birkenstocks, okay, jean jacket and Birkenstocks, and I'm I'm Birkenstocks. I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing shorts, but like short shorts, not cut out of jeans, cut out of chinos. Ew! <laughs> so it's like a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Skirt, it's a chino. All right, and I also I think I don't know if you said, but I see like a Seven Eleven Slurpee, and um. A bucket of, or not a bucket, but a, a, a little camp tray of uh, six buffalo chicken wings from 7-Eleven. Yes. Yes. Buffalo chicken wings from 7-Eleven and a slushie. Um, and uh, they're wearing uh, aviators. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, that's a pretty good start. How about no shirt? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's fine. I saw no shirt and a pair of bongos that's sitting next to them on, on the sidewalk that they yeah. are going to play to try to get a buck so they can go back in and mm. eventually save up enough money for a scratch-off and a 40. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm... <laughs> I'm down with that. Okay. 
what uh what does that character sound like? What I see is a, a dirty I would say hitchhiking probably owns a pit bull or two that he possibly keeps at a friend's that he fights on the weekends and uh-huh. uh has a blackest, dirtiest, gnarliest toes from wearing Birkenstocks, and I see the outside of him is all worn down because he has bow-legged knees. It's a him. And he definitely carries a pick in his back pocket. Yeah, just because he never knows when there's a when there's a guitar. Are we talking about a guitar pick? No. Well, okay, yeah. Sure. Sure. Yes. <laughs> a guitar pick in the left and a hair pick in the other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or a comb. Maybe a comb in the front pocket, and then he has, in his left front pocket, he has um, a, two packs of chiclets. Because you never know. Because you never know. Yeah. So this guy, this is how I think this this guy sounds, maybe. Like, hey, man. Hey, man. Were you heading up 405? Is that is that what that guy sounds like? That's Maybe <laughs> that doesn't fit in the Birkenstocks. No, he totally says that, because he's probably from up north you gave him a bit of a twang which i appreciate because his parents are from texas apparently and so but he now lives up in the bay area and he's traveled down uh he's traveling down more southern to get to mexico yeah and he's like i got some chicken wings here man i'm not gonna finish them if you want them if you want if you want them, i'll sell them to you yeah i like it or i'll just give them to you if you give me a ride if you give me a ride up the 405 What's his name? Well, I, let's see. What is a good name for this guy? I, think I feel like. What'd you say? Blade. His name's just Blade. 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 Yeah. See, that's what I was gonna say. It needs to be a nickname and not a given name. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> be like, yeah, man. They call me Blade. Yeah, he's done a lot of drugs and too much nicotine to even remember. His, His real name. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, yeah, they they call me Blade, not because I'm dangerous, but because somebody always pulls a blade out on me. They give him the name not because of his behavior of pulling out. Like he he always tells people, no, no, people just want to stab me. It's not that I am <laughs> wanting to stab anybody. That's why they call me Blade. <laughs> I love George Michael music. You got any in the car? That's okay. I can sing it and just play it on my bongos. <laughs> and my harmonica that I have around my neck. <laughs> you got a guitar. I got a pick. I got, I got chiclets too. Chiclets, but he plays it with his comb pick. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a he's got a guitar pick, but always plays the guitar with the comb pick. <laughs> and sometimes, accidentally, the chiclets. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes he puts his chiclets in there to make a different beat. That's <laughs> 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 and he shakes it, make it like Morocco. <laughs> I don't know what they're called, Morocco. Maracas. Moroccan. Yeah, man, I, I made my own maracas <laughs> with these chiclets. Because he just took a Pabst Blue Ribbon tall guy and he whammed it down on the wooden thing on the bottom and just made a hole. <laughs> just <laughs> in the chiclet and then covered it back up with his hand and shakes it real heavy. He's a real handy guy. <laughs> I love it. There it is. 
Nice. I like it. I like it. Thanks for being on the podcast, Sarah. Oh, my God, Jason. I love you. Thank you so much for being in my life for so long. I think I have a feeling we'll know each other till we're 80,000. I hope so. You're the sweetest. I love you, too. Yes. Keep doing comedy, okay? Okay, I will. Isn't Sarah the best? How encouraging is she, right? She is so sweet. As I mentioned earlier, we talked before she changed her name to Sarah Highlander, but that is her name, and that's how you can find her online. Go to sarahhighlander.com to find out more about her and to easily get to all of her social media accounts. So that's Sarah with an H, Highlander, H-Y-L-A-N-D-E-R.com. If you don't follow her, Blade will find you. And play his bongos. And then you'll stab him. And listen, nobody wants that. Would you like to support the podcast? You can go to thereitispod.com and click on support. You can donate one time or monthly. Support will help me to do this more. So if you can, please do support. Today's episode was sponsored in part by the early support of wonderful people like Dorothy Kamak, Nicole McCaden, and Jeff Melton. Thank you so much for your support. May you all have their-itis. Again, follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and also follow the podcast at There It Is Pod. There you have it, folks. Another episode of There It Is. The next episode is a favorite for a nerd like myself. I talk to improviser extraordinaire Jill Bernard and person extraordinaire. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. 